welcome back to our Irish Wedding Podcast here at Fernhill House Hotel and Gardens. Today's podcast, we are going to focus on health and well-being in the lead up to your wedding day. We are joined by Ina Driscoll of Absolute Health and Fitness, whose gym is based here in Clonakilty at Clonakilty's Rugby Club. So welcome Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, do you want to start first by telling us about your business? Yeah, um, so as I said, my name is Ian Driscoll from uh, Clonakilty. Um, I started my business about eight years ago now, I think. Um, I actually started in Ahmiller initially and then moved to the rugby club when that space became available. And um, we've been going strong ever since. So um, I initially worked in the Ledger Centre for a few years and that's where I kind of really got my taste for the job. Okay. And um, yeah, just progressed from there really. I suppose timing-wise, I, I hit the nail on the head with it. I was one of the, the, the few gyms at the time that were there. Um, so we took off quite fast and with a location like the Rugby Club being directly across from the Tech Park, um, it's been quite good, you know, I'd say. Ideal. Probably up to 50% of our clients would come from directly across the road. Um, and we've hooked up with the, some of the businesses over there, like I have a good uh, connection now with Global Shares. Brilliant. Um, so we get a lot of clientele that way. Um, so yeah, basically what we do is, um, it's kind of fitness for all really is the... Okay. I, I, I almost stole Marowite's name there for a second. <laughs> Sorry, Mar. Um, no, like what I mean by that is that we wouldn't have a specific niche as such. Uh, like other gyms would be, you know, they'd all have their set things where we'd be kind of just a bit, bit for everybody. Um, and I, I do feel that the age category actually moves with me. Um, it's, it's funny that as I get older, my age group kind of moves a little bit older as well. But um, but yeah, that's the gist of it, really. Um, um, I suppose Ian with um couples trying to get um in shape and feel well for their for their big day, um it can be quite intimidating if they've never been to a gym before. Um, do you know it, it, it's just they might be familiar how to use different kettlebells, whatever you're particularly using. Like if couples haven't been to a gym before and they are looking to get into shape for their big day, I presume you'd have certain techniques or whatever to make them at ease or you're all a big family there I suppose. Right? Um, yeah I suppose uh, the, the thing I try to do with everybody is to just get them in the door to me because I think once they get in the door I can talk to them and they can they can feel and see how casual it is anyway that would be a big thing in, in the environment I try to create is that that it's non-intimidating so that from the get-go everybody feels comfortable and there's no pressure on them to do anything. To this day, I still say to the clients I have, who have been coming with ages, I'd, be, I'd say to them, right, I want you to do this and I want to try, you know, try add a bit of weight here, try to do this, but if you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. There's no pressure on them to do it. I'll encourage them to do stuff, but at the end of the day, it's up to themselves um, how much they want to push themselves and all that. So that's the first thing I do when someone comes into the gym is, you know, kind of get a gauge for how they feel, but also ensure that they feel comfortable. Um, because at the end of the day, if someone someone can't achieve their goals if they don't come back, yeah, um, of course, no, yeah. no problem if they end up going somewhere else. But um, the thing is, you want to make sure that they actually have a good experience when it comes to the of gym course. and not turn them off completely. So yeah, yeah to get them in the door. If, so a lot of them would actually just tell them to come out, call out before or after a class when I'm finished and on my own. And I just kind of show them around the place and have a quick chat with them. Very good, because some, some bride and grooms can be intimidating. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And would you do like a lot of one-on-one, or would you just do a lot of classes? Or does it, ma- does it like matter who the person is then? Like, yeah, yeah, well, probably we do classes, but um, we kind of I kind of offered one-to-one more for people that need it the most. Okay. So if someone that has very little experience yeah. and needs the extra attention, then I would kind of encourage them to do a bit of one-on-one for a while. 
at the end of the day, you know, classes are the main thing we do out there. We yeah. offer, I suppose, the bulk of the timetable is classes. So in terms of availability, it's better for their clients to have more options. So yeah, classes will suit them. Yeah. But if they find that they need more attention um, than they get in the class, then definitely personal training is what we'd uh, advise, at least for a small one until they get into the swing of things. That's great. So and they're comfortable and then, then they can go to classes. That's exactly. great. That, yeah. that would be always the goal because obviously personal training is a bit more expensive yeah. and that's not ideal for them. Now we get someone that just wants to stay personal training. They prefer the one-to-one environments. Um, you know, a lot of clients would just chat away as they train, um, whereas you wouldn't get that in the class as much. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of different for everybody, but the vast majority of people end up in the classes. Cool. So if you had a, a, a couple who, who, who were engaged to get married and they wanted to go at yourself and they wanted to, would say, go to yourself as a couple, or if you had, would say, a bride with a few of her bridesmaids yeah. wanted to go, or a groom with a couple of his groomsmen, like, is that possible, like? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we have had different, so when I say personal training, um, it's not always one-to-one. So the personal element is kind of individualizing thing to the individuals. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's one-to-one only, you know, so we call them, we call them semi-private personal training a lot of time. Okay. And there'll be more than one person in, in the session. Um, normally those people know each other. So it'll be kind of, someone will come and say, look, I have a friend who's interested as well. And then the two of them will come together. So they'd split the kind of, not only the cost of the personal training session, but my attention then as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it works quite well. You, what you'll find quite often is that that one-to-one environment sometimes, it, again, it just depends on the individual, but it might not be as motivating than an environment with another person present. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit of competition. Yeah, a little bit of competition. And if you're rotating exercises and stuff like that, you know, the other person doesn't want to be waiting. Yeah. So they're kind of putting a little bit of pressure on each other. Not a major, yeah. but just enough to give you a little bit more of a boost, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that is something we provide. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to get time sorted for it because obviously I'm, I'm only one person mostly. Um, I have a few helpers out in the gym, but the bulk of the, the classes are all run by me. So I'm obviously, you know, doing a lot of the classes, so I don't have as much time to do them. Yeah. Okay. So we do take them on, but in yeah. kind of a limited capacity. I'd, uh, okay. I'd imagine it'd be good fun. Um, and uh, as you say that, you'd be pushing each other if you were in uh, a group of bridesmaids or you had a group of, of groomsmen or that kind of thing. But I'd imagine if it was just a couple, it would be interesting to see how the dynamic would work. Yeah. If they're yeah. Trading in that. I'm trying to think now, actually, have I ever had a couple trade together? I don't think I've had many. Maybe best for brides and grooms to avoid that <laughs> one, I'd say, because it could be. It could be. I suppose a lot of the time, it's just not. Uh, convenient for them to get to the session at the same time, especially yeah. if they've got kids. Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. you're, you're not going to have that opportunity to go together. Um, I'm still trying to think. I, I don't think I've had many, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, there's probably been one or two that I just yeah. can't think of. But. Like, my wife is way fitter than me. I'd hate to be trying to keep up with her, to be honest. It's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no harm, too, though. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, extra pressure <laughs> for you, too, Neil. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> When would you recommend though, like let's say if someone was, um, let's say someone's looking to get in shape, like let's say the woman to fit into this dress, she has dress in mind, she wants to fit into it, like when do you think you should start trading or making those lifestyle changes to make sure you feel your best on the day of the wedding? Um, I suppose there's, there's a, a couple of factors that play into it. First of all, you know, what is your goal? So like if you've got someone that only wants to lose a couple of pounds to fit into a dress that's only say a size less than what yeah. they are or whatever, 
and that's very different to someone that wants to lose a couple of stone okay so look no matter what the more time you have the be the, the better okay but um but also it would depend on the kind of strategy that we put into place for them so some people work with better at kind of more aggressive style um we'll use the word dieting even though i don't use like i don't love the word dieting okay but that, at the end of the day that's what it is no matter what kind of form of diet that you do whether it's one that's not liked or whether it's one that's deemed uh, okay to do um they're all they're all known as dieting okay um and there's aggressive and non-aggressive styles and depending on the person some suit others better okay um so a, a more aggressive style wouldn't last as long right um so if someone like i do have a particular client that i'm actually working with for their wedding and they i've known them a long time so i kind of know exactly what they want and need and a more aggressive style suits them better because they're more they're motivated by the results happening quicker right i get you okay. but it just means that we can ease off then well before the wedding okay and um, now i'm not sure how it works with fittings and times and all that kind of stuff but i assume that they're not they're not doing their final fit the day before the wedding like yeah, so yeah. Yeah. you kind of have to be prepared a few, good few weeks in advance anyway okay um but then if someone if someone isn't if someone isn't motivated by that style of, of dieting the more long term which is actually to be fair the long term is the, the more norm and what we'd advise most of the time um but it just means you need more time okay so it's kind of the slow and steady wins the race yeah. versus the yeah the the what is it the hair versus the the tortoise. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, yeah. In um, Lauren yourself, uh, was it uh, September 2017? Um, you put me in the spot there, no? Rest assured it was. You were for Neil, and it was um, a magical day, and you were a lovely couple to deal with. Um, um, how did the, the yourselves, and yourself as a, a personal trainer, how did you get ready for your big day when you were? Um, do you know it's funny actually when I uh, kind of t thought about this question coming up I was saying how am I going to answer that because one I don't really remember but um, the truth is I don't think we did a whole pile um, but I suppose you're just you're in the business so like you're, you're you don't need to do all that like yeah you don't know that, but, uh, <laughs> but basically I suppose it's like anything don't they say that like you know chef never eats their own food and all this kind of yeah, stuff yeah yeah it's, it's a bit like that that we're kind of so stuck in the routine of what we do that if we wanted to actually do something, you know, drastically different to our norm, it isn't as easy as people think because um, you're kind of living that, yeah. that life all the time, advising clients and, and working with clients and it can be quite draining. So then if you have to try and put these things into practice for yourself, um, it's a lot more difficult. I, I agree completely with you. Um, Trina and myself had her, had her wedding here and... Um, I was so, I was nearly, I don't, I hope Trina isn't listening to this, but I was nearly more focused on other people's weddings as opposed to, to, yeah. to my own, when, when you're in the business. It's exactly, yeah, and like, to be honest, I try not to um, relate any of this stuff uh, towards Laura because um, I just don't think that, I, I, I've never been a fan of advising something on someone that hasn't asked for it. Yes. And she yeah. never asks, so I don't say anything, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, I just try to stick to working with clients who ask questions, yeah. and, and that's it. So I, I'd say Laura didn't do anything major either, but she would have definitely, obviously. Look, I think naturally, everybody kind of tightens up a little bit, kind of going, right, I notice something coming up, and, yeah. and when you are trying on stuff. Yeah, and you have all those, you have those photos forever, don't you? So, yeah. Um, so it's... I suppose, 
leading on from that then like you know people who do like loads of work coming up to it and are really focused like how do you maintain it then like because you don't want to like after the wedding just be like lose all the hard work you've done so what would you recommend for someone who's been training loads has a big day maybe goes on like a honeymoon for a few weeks how do they pick it back up and what's the recommended time frame then for that yeah so like this is a big one and this is a big issue across the board with any diet okay it's, it's probably why any diet in general gets a bad name or or even you know people that run programs like myself yeah um might have time so i i, I don't know i haven't i haven't heard of any saying anything bad but there, there might be some out there saying that they did this with me and they lost weight and then they put the weight back on at the end of the day if you don't build habits and routines okay. as the kind of foundation of your plan then it, it just won't last and okay. that's it's, it's as simple as that you know yeah um it's kind of a bit of a, a carrot stick situation that you know the the wedding is your carrot yeah and when the wedding's over and the carrot's gone if if that was the only thing that was driving you towards your goals well you've then you've taken away your your absolute motivation you know right yeah so it is a really tricky one and it's something that i try to you know really drive into clients when i'm talking about all these things and i keep saying to them look this has to be long term yeah you have to keep thinking about doing this as a routine forever for the rest of your life whatever you choose so that's where that's again the difference between the aggressive and non-aggressive style of dieting so if you're going for an aggressive style of dieting you know that that's a short-term plan yeah and that your fallback then is the long term so the long term is going to exist no matter what of course yeah. where some just don't bother with the aggressive to start with okay. at all okay. and they I, just stick to the long term i would th think if you're to build those habits so the earlier you start before the wedding the better yeah um because um that will get you into a habit of doing it and hope you continue that then and another thing we were kind of discussing was like how would people deal with all these hymns and stags and family gatherings and the run up to a wedding like they are kind of indulgent occasions yeah absolutely you're going to be eating drinking and um, doing all the stuff that you yeah how do you moderate when you're out at these occasions i suppose it's a uh, it's very very difficult i think for a lot of people but again you're, you're always going to fall back into your natural habits um, so if you can build on these things as you said yeah the longer you you spend working on it the better and for some people, it's just going to come more natural than others. But it's, it's pure practice. So the more you do something, the better you become at it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I'd always uh, say to clients to practice is saying no. And yeah. something that some people are good at, some people are bad at. And I actually, I always, re I always reference one particular friend I have who just says no, no matter what. You're, the words are barely out of your mouth and he's already said no. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with diet control or anything like that. He's just one of these people that if he's in your, your house or if he's with you, he just doesn't take things that you offer him. It's a strange whole thing. But that's his habit. And I'd be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd literally take anything that's offered to me, which is an issue in itself because, you know, it's just pure habit. It might even be hungry. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, that, again, it's something you need to practice in the build-up, knowing that it's coming, yeah. that you're going to have loads of occasions and that these occasions don't have to revolve around food and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not everything has yeah. to be related to that. And that will, that will come largely from your, the environment you surround yourself in too, with your friends or whoever's already in your staggers or your, your hen. Um, they, they're ultimately going to determine what type of one you're having. Is yeah. it going to be completely drink related? Is it going to have loads of food involved? Um, and I distinctly remember saying to uh, my buddy, who he actually wasn't my, my uh, best man because my best man was in America, but uh, he was the honorary best man to organize the stag. And okay. I distinctly remember saying, I do not want to sit in the pub all weekend just okay. drinking. I said, I want to do activities, I want to do stuff. 
and, and he'd organise a load of activities, a load of games that we played and stuff like but that. But then you kind of earn the... Yeah, I suppose it's kind of a, it's a two-sided coin, really. Not only are you spending the day doing something active, but you're also not spending the day in the pub yeah. drinking. So yeah. um, there's a little bit of both. And then you know, I think you enjoy your, your time more as well. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, look, there, there is loads of occasions leading up to it. And they are really important moments and really enjoyable moments. So I, I, I try not to tell them to put too much pressure on themselves. But at the same time, you can still have a meal without choosing the worst choice on the menu. Of course. Yeah. Again, you know, making, making good choices. When you drink, you don't have to drink everything in sight. Yeah. Um, and you can also limit the kind of choice of alcohol you, you have as well. So like, you know, some, some alcohol is a lot higher in calories than others. For example, like a, a pint bottle of Bulmers is 310 calories, oh whereas gosh. a gin and tonic is about 80. Oh, it's some difference. So, you know, now yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you're going to drink a gin and tonic faster than you're going to drink a, a, a pint bottle of Bulmers, but yeah. there's a massive difference between the two of those there. So you can kind of scale it a bit there. Um, so again, these are things that we would discuss in detail with the clients leading up okay. to all these occasions saying, right, you know, do a bit of this, try and order this off the menu. Um, you know, a lot of it's always, it's planning. Isn't definitely, it? oh, planning preparation would yeah. be key to to it all. But um, but at the same time, you don't want to it too rigid either. Do you yeah, know? I, know I, I try not to take over someone's life and say, Richard, do this exactly like this. Yeah. It's more so just give them some information to uh, basically make better choices themselves. Yeah, good. But yeah. I definitely think though, like when you're you're fit and you're active, it helps everything. Like, so even when you're planning a wedding, it can be quite stressful. But like, let's say if you're having a stressful day and you go to like one of your classes or you go for a run, when you come back, your mind is clearer. You can think better, you know. So I definitely think it's not only to look good, but it's also your your well being as well up to the planning. Uh, absolutely, it? it's. Um, I think the the tide has turned massively in the fitness industry in recent years, where it's it's less about losing weight now and more about just feeling feeling good, you know. Yeah, yeah you're and, mentally, um, you're, it's definitely mentally so much better for you. Absolutely, like I, I, I'll be honest. Like I would always say, you know, someone said to me, "What's my goals with the greatest fitness?" And I, I'd say, I actually don't have any. I just go to the gym to to just feel better. Yeah. And uh, just get get an hour to myself, and that's it. Yeah. I think that changes with age too, especially when you have kids and yeah. everything. Everything <laughs> starts to uh, your perspective changes and all this. Yeah. But yeah, you feel you feel great after after yeah. exercise, as simple as that, and uh, and it's definitely a break away from whatever stresses you have. Yeah, um, with regards to the wedding and stuff like that. So definitely, yeah. So I think people who like who haven't been before or who might be daunted about it to really like focus on that side of it. You know, yeah. it's going to help you in all aspects of the planning, really, isn't it? Absolutely. I suppose um, we are um, living through COVID at the moment, so we better touch on it from the point of view of, um, I presume you're Zoom training people at the moment, that kind of thing, or how yes. is it working for you? So we do a mix of um, Zoom and Facebook Live are the, the two okay. options. We went to it from the get-go. I suppose this was all sprung on us very suddenly, so it was a case of just do what you can initially, and there was no, no plan put into it because uh, it just happened. Um, so we initially went with Facebook Live, um, and then we slowly switched to Zoom, but we ended up doing a bit of both in the end. So yeah. how I'm doing it at the moment is uh, in the mornings at 10 a.m., we do a Facebook Live, where they can take part at the same time as me, or Mara does a class for me and a few others doing a few different classes. So we'd, um, we'd do the class with them live, and then that class is saved into the Facebook group for the day. Okay. Um, and it actually stays saved there. So if someone misses it, then they can just pick it up and follow on later on in the day. Um, and then the evening time, we do Zoom classes for the people that prefer to kind of, see look, a large part of training is, is the kind of, um, 
adherence side of things and, and they want, you know, if someone's watching or they have to do it at this time, they're more likely to do it. Of course. Um, so a lot of them prefer that with the Zoom in the evenings. So with the Zoom then, um, because my clients are all, they're all with me so long that they all know what's going on. It's just a case of me telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. So I actually sit at the laptop while they're exercising and I'm just instructing them. Oh, so nice. obviously I can see them so I can correct them as they go and guide them by just talking to them rather than actually demonstrating. Um, which is unusual, it was definitely unusual at first, but but it's grand now. Like it actually makes you a bit better as a trainer because you now have to learn how to communicate just using your voice okay. and, and not actually demo at all. Because like for years we'd always laugh that, you know, I'd say, right, we're going to do this exercise and they'd all look at me going, what's that? <laughs> and I'd have to do the demo. And within a second of me moving, they know exactly what we're going to go to do. But they, they're so used to me doing the demo with the word that they never took into they never took into consideration the actual name of the exercise. So <laughs> it's funny how things uh, change a bit there. But, um, but you know, it's, it's actually been, it's been mixed. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of tough when you're forced to do something. Yeah. But at the same time, we have a lot of clients that, you know, are saying that, like, you know, I don't know what we would have done without this outlet course, yeah. that we needed, you know. And I certainly don't know what I would have done because the structure to my day would have been literally zero without having to get up and do that 10 a.m. class and then you know, plan for the evening class and a few yeah. other bits and pieces. Absolutely. Um, because other than that, I would have been doing very little. And I'm the type of person that has to be kind of pushed along a little bit. I need an old cart in front of me to, <laughs> <laughs> to keep going. Um, it so, sounds yeah, like you've adapted really well, though, in fairness. Um, yeah, considering the conditions, I'd say yes. Um, but at the same time, I think people in general prefer the in-person. Yeah. Um, and yeah. judging by a poll I did recently in the in the group, um, about ninety nine percent of them are ready to come back to the gym. Of course, and, yeah. And and, and train, you know. So Good. like we're yeah. hoping that that we'll have some restrictions lifted next week and be able to train outside. Brilliant. So yeah. we have um we have a nice little astro space at the back. So last year, last summer when we went back first, um I put down astro at the back and there was already a covered area there. Okay. Um, so we started back there, obviously, and I think it was, was we spent the first month or so anyway, um, with outdoor training only, and yeah, so that's still there, obviously. Um, so the plan is to go back there, basically, and so fingers crossed we'll be able to, yeah. because I think I think it's needed across the board for people. Uh, I think people are fed up with being kind of stuck at home doing stuff, and coming out to me in the rugby club and outdoors, especially, is a very safe environment. Of course. In my opinion, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't see why you shouldn't be allowed, um, but obviously we have to we have to keep following the guidelines as they're as they're giving to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. Um, but um, there are no excuses for bride and grooms either, though, if they're looking to. And it's not about it's just about feeling well and healthy for the big day itself. It's not about building a load of muscle or whatever or, or losing a load of weight. I don't feel it's about that either. It's just being in a positive mental space because of all the exercise and the definitely yeah the dieting the routine like if you eat well and all that it shows in your skin it'll show in your in, you'll be i think you'll be smiling more in the photos on yeah. the day yeah i suppose that's a big thing as well you know for like skin on the day you want it to look really well and stuff would diet play a big part in that do you think um i can't say i'm an expert in that side of things but uh but i would think that it plays a big role in terms of yeah if it's something that you can do without going to a professional that deals with that sort of stuff then yeah. I think your diet's going to be the first protocol really and uh, and drinking plenty of water so hydration and, and good eating is going to play yeah. 
And would you people. give food plans in and like recommend it all that to, to people? Yeah, I kind of go down the guidance route again with okay. this sort of stuff. Um, again, it's, it's, it's hard to, I suppose everyone's so different, right? I think at the end of the day, the big, the big thing I always say to people is, right, you know, most people know how to eat well. Yeah. You know, even though a lot of people say they don't, they say, oh, I actually don't know what to eat or whatever. Well, if you show them a bar of chocolate and a banana and you say which one is better, <laughs> yeah. they know the answer. Yeah. So for the large part, people do know how to eat well, they just don't know how to. Okay. Um, and that comes down to giving them a good structure to begin with. So we focus more on kind of uh, strategies rather than... Um, specific foods or specific uh, meals now I'll give them samples so okay. I'll give them lots of sample meal plans and sample um, you know uh, recipes and stuff like that and I try to do a lot of kind of you know keeping things normal but making swaps to make them better so we'll say for example if I said right um, here's a recipe for uh, lasagna Okay. And they're like, oh, lasagna, is that good for you? And it's like, yeah, we're just going to swap out a few things to make it a bit better. So, you know, you just reduce the amount of cheese you use. Um, with the, the mince, you just go for a leaner cut of mince. You put extra veg in. You don't use as much as the white sauce. You know, stuff like that. So you can make all these swaps. And then you can still have a normal meal rather than being a special yeah, dieting meal. It would, meal, be, it, would be just, it would be just as tasty. It, it, it tastes just as good in my opinion, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we kind of focus more on that side of thing. Okay. Um, and a big thing I would do would be focusing on what we call the limiting factors. Okay. So, you know, it's easy to say to someone, you know, you've heard of it before when someone gives advice about weight loss, you know, reduce your portion size or do this, do that. And there's all these different things that are kind of, I suppose, cliche advice uh, for weight loss. But, um, but at the end of the day, it has to be specific to the person. Okay. So me telling you to reduce your portion size means absolutely nothing if I don't know what your portion size was already. Yeah. Um, so what I get people to do is the first, the absolute first thing I do with everyone is I tell them, go in out and think for the week and come back to me with your three limiting factors. So your limiting factors would be things that you think impact you negatively the most. Right, okay. Okay, and I give them examples of that. So it could be alcohol, you know, if you drink a lot of alcohol you know, during the week or even at the weekends, if you go mad at the weekends. Or in general, I say weekends as an example. So some people are really good during the week and then they go mad at the weekends and they just eat all around them. Some people love chocolate. Yep. Uh, I had one client one time who used to eat a packet of Haribo every day. And I'm not talking a small packet of Haribo. <laughs> like a big 500 gram or whatever weight they are. I don't know. Um, but they were amounting to a lot of calories. So I said to them, right, you don't have to do anything else. All I want you to do is get rid of those Haribos. <laughs> and, uh, and they did and they lost loads of weight. So... Yeah, you know, it, it can be just so different for everyone that we have to do a lot of investigating at the start. So there's a bit like this conversation now, I spend, you know, an hour to an hour and a half sometimes just going through someone's um, life, I suppose, in general, their eating habits and I kind of say, right, let's focus on this, this and this and then that's it. Okay. Because um, I think people find it easier to focus on those things and, it, and of course it's going to be better to focus on um, big things that will make a big difference rather than trying to change everything do you yeah. know? and especially if you're changing unnecessary things so like that example I gave of the reducing portion size like if you were trying to reduce your portion size even though it was already a small size you know is that is that it's a lot of hard work for probably very little return okay whereas if I said to you yeah if you want to buy a packet of Haribo you know it might be tough initially but you know you'll get big reward for it so yeah it'll be worth it that's really good that you take such a personal approach you know that's, that's obviously really beneficial for your clients yeah well, i suppose over the years like I've, I've learned a lot and look i've made a lot of mistakes probably over the years too but you learn a lot from from um, hearing stories like a lot of clients that we get would have been elsewhere and, and, and been given bad advice and 
it's always kind of put pressure on me to make sure that that doesn't happen on my side of things and um, because it is a uh, the industry as a whole is confusing um, and I suppose the barriers to entry are very low um, which means that you do get a lot of bad advice out there and not because people want to give bad advice I suppose they just just don't have the information that they need and, uh, and I definitely have fallen into that category at times and maybe even still making a few mistakes but we're always learning um, the, the, the biggest thing is just to make sure that you, you're doing the right thing by the client as often as possible and making sure that you give them the best advice possible. Well, it definitely sounds like you're doing everything right because you have clients with you for years, so that, that's saying an awful lot itself, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I suppose that's actually probably the proudest part of my business is that I have so many clients that are there a long time. Um, like I've some, some that are there from the get-go. Yeah. From day one, the client actually was first in the door, is still there. Well, that says it all. Myself and sister, so... Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, geez, I, I, I'm delighted with that and, and hopefully we'll have many more years like that. I'm sure so, you will. Uh, we, we, we couldn't encourage um, couples enough to um, get aboard a health and fitness train and um, obviously Ian is an expert at that. But Ian, prospective couples, how would they get in contact with you if uh, they wanted to um, join you at Absolute Health and Fitness? Um, so you can go to my Instagram page, which is Absolute Health and Fitness, or Facebook page, or then we have the website, uh, which is www.abso.ie. Brilliant. So Thank you. Um, Ian was absolutely smashing chatting, chatting with you today. Thanks very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Good Thanks stuff. a million. We'll make sure to link all your contact information at the bottom of this as well. People can just click in to get in touch with you. But thank you so much. Really enjoyed the conversation. So nice chatting with you. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, guys. Okay, so, um, right, so we're back to our Q&A um, part of our podcast today. So thank you so much, as always, for sending all your questions in to us at podcast at fernhillhousehotel.com. To be honest, at the moment, we're actually getting loads of questions about ceremonies on site here in Fernhill. So because of that, we're going to do an individual podcast with a local celebrant here to cover off all your questions. So be sure to keep an eye out for that over the next few weeks. We really think it's going to be beneficial for you all. Now, today we are going to focus on one question, which again, we're getting quite a lot of questions about, and this is about wedding favours. So, Neil, um, what do you think is the best thing to do here? So, um, in relation to wedding favours, the first thing I would say about them is, are they in your budget or not? They wouldn't be something that's classed as essential. I don't think if you don't have wedding favours on the day, it's going to impact the day overly negative. They are a nice thing to have there, but... I would check are they in your budget or not because not one of the essential things that you can have. Yeah. Um, I suppose, what have we seen in relation to, um, to wedding favours? Um, I've seen individual pots of local jams, honeys, chutneys and compots. They're all a nice idea. Yeah. I've seen people who've supplied um, wildflower seeds in biodegradable bags. Then people can take these home, plant them, and when the uh, wildflowers come up, they'll remember the great day they had at the that's wedding. That's a lovely one, isn't it? Yeah, that's a nice idea. Scratch cards then. If you're going down the route of scratch cards, make sure you put them in an envelope, because just the scratch cards don't look great on your um, wedding tables when you've gone to such an effort to have them looking so nice. If they're in an envelope, um, it, they're way more presentable that way. Um, I've seen personalised key rings, pins. Um, so, and fridge magnets, so they're all another um, avenue you could go down. Then sweets and chocolates, like you can get some lovely um, presented chocolates in little, bas uh, little boxes or little bags of sweets. 
Um, more recently, we've seen um, hand sanitizer yeah, because of the times we're in. Yeah. So little bottles of hand sanitizer that someone can um, take, uh, the gents can take away in their pocket or the ladies can take away in their, in, in their purse or whatever. So, um, yeah. One thing I would note there though, when you are doing favours, like they are quite, they can be quite time consuming. So just be sure to like, you know, put that into your, your time as well. Because you don't want to stress yourself out with them. Absolutely. I suppose that's, that's the case if they per if you're if you're making them personally yeah. they can be a big undertaking yeah 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 i completely agree with that actually um like it can be very stressful putting all the little bits together if you're like making a little whatever that it may be as a little definitely wedding flavor. yeah um, it might be easier to like buy something yeah i would agree it's it's uh, yeah unless you're very art uh, into your arts and crafts and you, you know you're going to nail it and you don't have an overly big amount at your wedding and you're able to just do what you need yeah but don't put additional pressure on yourself yeah, absolutely yeah definitely. Bits because it, it will get overwhelming yeah neil for your own day you did um you did charities fused it for yours didn't you yeah so like this is actually um my favorite thing um as a wedding favor um so um, and lots of other couples have done it and I've seen it several times at the hotel and it's where I actually got the idea from. But my own mother, Teresa, would have went um, through breast cancer uh, about 12 years ago now. So um, as a result, we made a donation to the um, Irish Cancer Society. Yep. And Trina's mother um, would have had heart issues in the past. And thankfully, they're, they're both um, fine and well. She's Teresa as well, actually. Yeah. So um, we made a donation to the Irish Heart Foundation also. That was nice. So, yeah, we, we, we gave a donation to both those, um, uh, the Irish Cancer Society and the Irish Heart Foundation. And we put the, um, they actually sent us little thank you cards then, and um, which said um, something to the effect of, um, the, um, your um, couple today has made a donation to the um, charity on your behalf. Lovely, yeah. They look so, really well on the table. Yeah, well, don't so the guests knew then that they, they were contributing to a really nice cause as well. Yeah. So we, we, we put those little cards on the tables and um, people remarked back to us afterwards that it was a really nice touch um, giving something something back and the, the guests felt that they were contributing as well to those worthy causes. So I just think it's as wedding favours go, it's it's yeah, I agree. It's, I think it's the way to do it. Yeah, it's really, really nice. So um, what other advice now would you give couples like, you know, to maybe go for, don't go for, or just um, general things to think of? Yeah, so you, with wedding favours, um, allow a bit of seasonality in it. So like if you're getting married um, in and around Easter, maybe a little chocolate egg would be nice for, for yeah. the people that are there. If you're getting married at Christmas, you could give them all a little um, tr um, ornament to decorate on their Christmas tree. Lovely. So they could hang something there. And people would have that for over Christmas, which is nice. Um, the seeds, as I mentioned, for springtime, for uh, it's best to plant them in spring. Um, if you're getting married in September, why not um, bring in little sprigs of lavender? Um, lavender would be um, flowering here in the gardens in Fernhill anyway in, in September. So um, and that'll create a lovely scent in your room as well. Definitely, uh, in yeah. The wedding room itself. So definitely think about the timing as being yeah, correct. Yeah, One thing that I don't like to see coming in, and it's not because of <laughs> the sales at the bar or anything, <laughs> but miniature bottles of spirits. I know. It just it just doesn't work out. Um, yeah. It look it, it is a nice idea, and I can see where the concept comes from, but you'll just find loads of them around the hall at the end of the night. You'll find people drinking them at the end of the yeah. night. Yeah, and one or two people then can just get out of hand with uh, them. Yeah, unfortunately. And um, not everyone likes gin. So like if you're doing miniature gins, um, 
they might not drink them, but they might give them all to the gin drinker on the table, and yeah. then they've had too much yeah. gin. <laughs> Same principle, whiskey. Not everyone drinks whiskey. You know, someone who loves whiskey, they end up with all the miniatures that people had at the table, and Absolutely, it, uh, yeah. it goes wrong. Yeah. So, um, like, uh, what's best to do is just do around the drinks. I agree, yeah. Um, for everyone at the wedding, they, they, it'll cost you the same. Yeah. It will cost you the same as getting the miniatures. And um, people will get exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if they're whatever they want from the bar, they'll get that instead of um, having a miniature or something that they necessarily mightn't drink. Brilliant. So, um, that's just some advice I'd give with, um, in relation to wedding favours. Perfect. Yeah, so don't stress yourself out about them. If you're going to go about them, Think about seasonality, um, and obviously then cherish is a really nice one as well to go about. Definitely 100%, yeah. Perfect, great. So that's it for today. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Take care. And stay safe.